Welcome to the Numerologist Podcast, where we bring you a very special guest every single week to help guide you on your spiritual journey, live with abundance, and inspire your soul. Hey, Numerologist community, welcome back to another episode of the Numerologist Podcast. It's nearly the final podcast of the year, which seems a bit crazy. Uh, I hope you're all enjoying the festive period in the lead up to Christmas. I'm in Australia, so it's always a bit of a hot Christmas for me. Uh, but being from the UK, I am used to a cold one, and that is what Christmas feels like to me. So if it is chilly where you are, please embrace that for me, even if it feels a little bit miserable for you, because I miss the cold. <laughs> Now, this episode of the Numerologist podcast is a magical one indeed. We'll be talking to Sean Engel, the brand strategist and spiritual mentor behind Witchy Wisdoms. She's the author of Cosmopolitan's Love Spells, Power of Hex, the upcoming Witch's Brew, and the matriarch of the Boss Mystic Podcast Network. She has successfully leveraged social media and currently has over 50,000 followers in her social community under the handle Witchy Wisdoms. But the Sean before the followers is what we'll explore today. Her story of how she embraced her magical side to liberate her from a life of drugs and partying is one you have to hear. So without further ado, let's welcome Sean to the show. Hey Sean, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So I, I want to really explore your magical world because magic is always something that fascinates me so much. So before we get to what you do now, let's take a look at your journey to actually getting there. Like, how, how did it all start for you? Oh, it's a long story, long and arduous story with so many different evolutions. I mean, I'm a triple Scorpio, so it was definitely true to the brand. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of like magical like the magical beginnings I was always kind of a spooky kid so <laughs> you know like I love that right like <laughs> making potions in the backyard with like flowers and mud and uh going on those you remember those old websites that had like red font and like bad like gifts and yep. like looking up um and like sitting on the floor in Barnes and Noble and looking up like palmistry books and astrology books so my magical journey started there in just like dabbling, not necessarily taking it seriously. You know, I was however old I was, 12, 13. So what do you really take seriously then? Yeah. But after that, I mean, it was always part of me. But after that, at a very young age, I got into just lots of trouble. It was um, the era of sex and drugs. <laughs> From it was, a, it was like a really devastating decade of just like, way too much self-destruction again quite Scorpio yeah so, right so and I, so I did lo lose touch just like a little bit with the magical side and also like if you're in that much self-destruction and self-harm it's really hard to reach for things that can benefit you um, it's more of a right it's more of an ego attachment so you know lost touch with it a little bit and then fast forward over to let's say I think I was 24 years old so quite a few years ago um, I got into therapy and got my tarot deck back out and the rest is history. Right. So I, I'm interested to explore that 13, 14 year old you. Did you did you ever because I've spoken to a few witches before about they, they feel like they've actually come out as a witch. 
So did you talk to people about it then? Did you tell people you were interested in that kind of thing? Or was it just one of those side things that was sort of in the back of your mind? Hmm. You know, I was never officially like in the broom closet. Like it was always part of me, but it was always like, like, again, like I prided myself on being strange. So I was like, yeah, I did a spell or like I was the one that introduced it to my friends who always gave a side eye, but like reluctantly did them with me. <laughs> That's always the case, isn't it? They, they think it's weird, but they actually get into it themselves. Yes, exactly. And my birthday is uh, October 29th. So it's always right by Halloween. So every birthday party we were doing seances, like it was definitely part of my brand, like yeah. from a very age. <laughs> what did your parents think of it? They were like, it's just Sean being Sean. <laughs> Well, that's good. I was very, I was really fortunate. You know, my mother is uh, of Jewish faith. My father's a German Catholic. And they asked me and my sister when we were really young, like what we wanted to study religiously, like if we wanted to do either. And I was like, I'm going to be a witch. And my sister was like, I'm an Aquarius. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that, and you know what? That's, that's really refreshing because a lot, of, a lot of people you talk to, their parents would not be as especially if they have um, their own faith, they would not be as open to things like that. So that's quite refreshing that you were sort of able to um, to sort of explore what you wanted to explore. I, I was super, super lucky. My parents were like 80s punk rockers. They met like, and my dad was had like pink hair and was a drummer in a punk band and my mom was a groupie. So they were always way more open, but like, yeah, I'm absolutely so fortunate to have had that upbringing. Yeah, absolutely. So you said, okay, when you were about 24, you brought your tarot deck out again. What happened then? What what was the big change? Oh, my big tower moment. Um, <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was kind of the catalyst for witchy wisdoms. Um, but I, at the very tail end of my sex and drugs escapade, I got involved with who I didn't realize at the time. I was in a lot of naive denial, but he was a heroin addict. Mm-hmm. And I moved from Manhattan into New Jersey to basically support him with the promise that he would like eventually pay me back, but we moved in together. Mm -hmm. And then two days after we moved in, he said, hey, I have a heroin addiction and I need to go to Florida to rehab. Um, And my whole world crumbled. Mm -hmm. And just previously from that, like I think the reason why I even got into that relationship in the first place is because I buried so much trauma from a sexual assault in the previous year. So there was just, it was a lot to unpack and like a lot of the reasons why I was brought to that tower moment because you know these faded events that happen it's like you veered so far off course that something drastic has mm-hmm. to like take place so you know and I'm not saying it was like uh, oh I found out and then the next thing I know I'm witchy wisdoms <laughs> it took a very very long time for me to get into therapy work through things work through my worth and see that he was no longer a part of that life to break up to realize what boundaries were I'd never even heard that word before therapy uh and then once I was in that mode of self-discovery marrying the things that I was learning in therapy like boundaries you know big queen of swords energy with the tarot was so cathartic it like that was the basis for all of my magic going forward mm-hmm. was it a difficult transition you know obviously going from your old life to sort of transitioning through that therapy period how how did it take its toll on you oh my gosh well I have to say I am I'm lucky in that I'm a very like Mars ruled person so determination was never like 
that was never an issue for me. But I mean, I went through a thousand deaths in that period, not to be dramatic, but like, you know, I was taking a train, I was taking three trains from Jersey City to Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, like twice a week to see my very stoic German therapist who was in my network that I found on ZocDoc and was sliding scale. And it was so painful to revisit. I was so triggered by everything. We're going deeper and unpacking so many things. I mean, you know that saying where it's always darkest before the dawn? Like that's, that was what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think a lot of people, um, when they have their moment, whatever it is, whether they've come through a really dark period or they've just been living a life that isn't necessarily who they are and they have that aha moment. Like you said, it's never a aha. Oh, now everything's all good. It's a aha. Oh, I've got to go through all of this crap before I before I get to the good stuff. Right. Absolutely. And that's, and that's the thing with manifestation too. It's like, yeah, you can get it, but then you have to implement it. And it's like, what? <laughs> so let's start talking about, okay, wh- what was the, the moment that you started to develop or go back into this witchy side of you and, and explore that? What did that look like? It happened pretty organically. I'll be honest. Like I, I'm a really big believer in signs or just, you know, things popping up in your periphery when they need to happen. So like whether I was scrolling Instagram or looking through magazines or talking to people, like the notion of magic just kept popping up, whether it was astrology or tarot or whatever. And I, it was just kind of like that dinging thing in the back of my head that was like, remember how helpful this was to you? And like, remember how this was a part of your personality? And I was just like, man, you know, I think this is something like it's calling to me. And it just, it fit like a puzzle piece because yeah, therapy is great. And, but it's, it's hard work. Right. And it doesn't feel as like enlightening and fulfilling for me without the magical aspect of, you know, just that kind of integration. Like that was just something that I needed. It works really well for some people on its own, but I needed them in tandem Mm -hmm. and it just, it worked so well for me. And I think that's an important point to note as well, isn't it? You know, the, therapy isn't for everyone therapy plus something might work for somebody else and there's so many different combinations of self-care self-development and you know uh, professional sorry personal growth that people can go through and I think that's a, that's a really good point you highlighted for anybody who's out there think, going through therapy and thinking this isn't this isn't working the way I want it to this there's, there's something out there that might be for you instead right mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah so when did it go from magical Sean for Sean to magical Sean for the collective and for for clients and that kind of thing that again was pretty organic and um I want to say slow moving but now that I look back at it in the years that it's taken me to culminate my brand it was not slow it was Mm -hmm. pretty fast so uh when I got to a point of like I have internalized this work I have, I've gotten to a point where I can at least see the other side of it. You know, no one's ever really on the other side of trauma, but like, I felt that I was able to share it and like, I don't know, talk, just talk about it. And I was always a writer. Like, again, going back to that spooky kid version of myself, I was writing horror stories when I was in like fifth grade, mm-hmm. <laughs> like scaring my teachers. <laughs> um, so <laughs> writing was just always that tool that I used. So I decided to write a blog because again, at the time, 
Now I had lost so many jobs during the breakup because I was just like unable to focus Mm -hmm. and also just was not meant for the line of work I was in. I was in the service industry and working as like a GM. Um, So I got back into bartending and like held the job for a while because I was more like mentally well and able to perform, but I was unfulfilled. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I need something in my life that's gonna help me move forward and give me purpose. So I wrote the blog, Witchy Wisdoms, and married the tarot with therapy. And so every blog post was a card and was like, here are the practical applications, here are the magical nuances, these are the occult symbols. And it resonated with people. They were like, oh, this is, this is really helpful. So then that turned into an Instagram. And when I realized I had a knack for social media, I was like, I can get exposure doing this. And when I reached enough people, I was like, I could be a life coach. So I got certified. And that was like, I think maybe three or four years after my therapy journey. Um, But then now that I do business coaching, it's because the life coaching business took off so well. So Mm -hmm. those were the evolutions of it. But yeah. I I do find that really interesting how the, the magic and the business sort of intertwine because there's so many business coaches that you know they don't they don't niche down into anything specific but tell me how have people responded to the magical element of your your business coaching is it just spiritual kind of people or or, you know people who are interested in the occult or the the magical side of things or is it businesses as a whole who you know they don't necessarily have a magical a magical leader at the helm if you will well I mean it's it's definitely taken all kinds. Like I've worked with everybody from like nonprofits for um, like uh, women in Guyana to artists, to tarot readers, to um, beauty brands. I mean, it's kind of run the gamut, but um, what I've noticed is it's generally just who's who gravitates towards me are women that struggle with empathy and worth. And I think that's where the magical aspect ties in because again, like being so good at the boundaries that I've practiced, I can tell people that are healers by nature, whether it's through beauty branding or like helping women in Guyana or whatever the case may be, I help them heal, but from like with integrity and from a standpoint that also supports them and helps them strategically keep scaling so that they can heal the masses versus being stuck in that kind of like that loop of where you think you can only do the one thing and you can only help these certain people and it should all be for free and then nobody's getting any value Mm -hmm. absolutely and that's something that a lot of people struggle with isn't it actually taking money and not doing something for free and that kind of thing and it seems like a bit of a guilty thing you know I I know from personal experience I, I started a business once and somebody somebody private messaged me and said where are the profits going for this I'm like it's a business like why do people make people feel guilty about taking money honestly I think that's just like full projection um and I actually I've had that happen to me quite a few times like when people back out on contracts where the like parameters are clearly stated like what is expected and then they feel like I should have given them things for free I'm like well you know my time and my energy isn't free and you can take it or leave it like no one is making you pay this price but if you don't value yourself I'm pretty certain you're not going to value me either. (laughs) So I think 
Right. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there and like many different reasons because money is a sore spot for a lot of people, but that's generally the biggest culprit. So let, let's talk about what a what a session or, or what a, um, you know, work with, with you look like looks like if I came to you as a business, what what would we do? What would we what would a session look like? It kind of depends on, um, well, and this is if I'm doing business coaching, it kind of depends on where you're at. But generally, if I'm starting with like, eh, like mid-level accounts, like let's say there's like maybe five to 10K followers, what we do through the course of two months, we'll have like 30 minute check-in calls. But over the course of two months, we set up a content strategy that feels really easy, but it's also gets engagement and gets conversions. Mm -hmm. So we at least set up that strategy so that it feels like a well-oiled machine. So like once a week, you can sit down, create content, boom. And then that part of the marketing side is down. And then it also has to do with product development, right? So what kind of courses are you releasing? What kind of um, services are you offering to your community? But the overarching real work that I do and where I, where it comes to be more spiritual is in the branding. So like those are the like ABC strategies, but we do a lot of shadow work around the brand because again, there's like a million tarot readers, there's a million astrologers, but what is it that you focus on? How are you adding your own flavor? Um, like for example, I worked with Astro Forecast who's on TikTok. She's absolutely, I, I love her so much, but we helped develop her brand to be a newscaster. Like that was how she delivered her astrology and it resonated so well that she got over a hundred thousand followers on TikTok. Wow. Like, and it's really because she like felt into that character and felt akin to it and it was part of her. And so it didn't really feel like inauthentic. Um, and she was struggling with visibility and then she just took off. So that, you know, that I think is the real magical work that I do within it and then everything else falls into place mm -hmm. and I think what you just said there about authenticity it's it's something that we say so often but it's something people find so difficult to actually find that authentic self um, and it's another one of those aha moments when when they do step into alignment with who they are and what you know the path they're supposed to be on um, then everything sort of moves in the way it should well, yes. And I love that, that uh, kind of idea of authenticity being so elusive, right? Because I had to break down my own barriers with my authenticity in therapy, because, you know, what we're doing as adults is collecting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And we believe things about ourselves, we try to fit into a mold that other people will like, and especially in, with faced with uh, the slew of social media, like options to be a part of, we want to fit into a cookie cutter mold that not only will people resonate with, but will also sell. So it's just so much compacting onto you and just so much pressure that when you have somebody that can guide you through it, just an objective observer, it becomes so much more helpful. Absolutely. And you don't just work one-on-one, -on -one, do you? You have courses and masterminds and those kinds of things. Can you tell me a bit more about those? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I've been doing this a while and I used to crank out so many courses. 2020 took a toll on me, I will say. So not, not as many new courses are out, but I have so many different branding courses. I have like 
Instagram courses, uh, marketing courses, podcasting courses, branding courses. So all of those are self-study essentially. And it's, I put them in a cool little portal so you can find them all there and you just work through the module by module. They're generally like six modules long uh, and you get homework, but again, they're self-study. So if that's something like that, you're just looking to get either a refresher on or like your brand new to, it's a great first step to get in there. Um, I find that the most magic that happens is the one-on-one -on -one stuff. And then I will launch group containers because I find too, like, especially people that are beginning to uh, create their Instagram profiles or something, they're all, they all need to hit like specific milestones. Mm -hmm. So grouping them together is generally just like, it makes sense. Uh, but the next thing that I'm doing, which I'm actually really, really excited for is a six month long mastermind. And it's not on business. It's actually on personal development and growth. So that I'm really excited for. When are you starting that? So that's actually coming up really soon. I called it the New Year, New You Mastermind. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. And it's starting January 18th. Uh, but it's, it's kind of like a going back to basics. So as I told you my story about learning boundaries and therapy and all that, like I'm, I'm almost reimagining that in this mastermind. So through the course of six months, we're setting goals, we're understanding, revisiting and reappropriating boundaries. We are crushing shadow work. Like it's just going to be deep, lots of like real soul excavation and implementation, action steps, learning how to manifest, but like in the real way, not in the like windfall of cash manifesting <laughs> yeah absolutely you know like I mean not to say it's a farce I've seen it happen before but I think people chase that in a way that's unhealthy and real manifesting is setting up boundaries sticking by them setting more sticking by them and really setting a clear trajectory for you to continuously get the things you want it's hard work absolutely Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny you talk about that chasing money because um, I've heard before when you chase money, you're not chasing happiness. You know, at the, at the end of the day, you need to be happy within yourself, set those boundaries, do all the things within yourself. And then if money is what needs to come to you, then it'll come to you. Right. Absolutely. And like, and I don't want to come from a very privileged standpoint and say that money doesn't provide comfort because it absolutely does, especially in the pandemic world of 2020. It, if you're, you've lost your job, then you're not going to be happy simply because you can't meet your basic human needs. So I don't want to negate that fact at all. But you're right. If you are, if you're sitting in a comfortable level and you just think more, more, more is going to make you happier you're missing a really integral part of what true happiness or true peace rather really is. Absolutely. Now I want to um, go back to you as a witch because I'm really interested to find out, do, do you label yourself as a certain kind, kind of witch? Are you a kitchen witch or a garden witch? What, what are you if you're anything? <laughs> Honestly, I think more of an eclectic witch. I like a grab bag of things. I, uh, yeah, I've, I've always like, again, my parents are punk rockers, so I've never really liked to be labeled. So <laughs> being eclectic was just a lot more comfortable for me. Uh, as far as like occult scholar studies go, I do look like into the Kabbalah and like the Kabbalistic tree of life. Again, like I have 
Jewish ancestry. So that always just like felt really akin to me. So like any type of high magic I do dabble in, but I don't do ceremonial magic. It's just something that I use as a meditative guide. Uh, and then I don't know, I love candles and incense <laughs> and the moon and astrology. Yes, and- I love candles too. I'm de- is, yeah. is there is there a candle witch? Because I think I might be one of those. <laughs> be candle witches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> deal. <laughs> um, so do, what does your spell work look like? Uh, generally, so I haven't worked magic in a while, especially since it's been eclipse season. Like I, I'm already getting a headache from this passing eclipse. I'm just like, oh, it's been a rough one. But I, I will do like I'll do money spells and like better business spells pretty frequently. And again, it'll look like a seven day candle with my own like particular ritual. I also love again triple water sign. I love baths. So meditating in a bath and working magic in a bath is really important to me as well. So I'll marry the two sometimes, but also a lot of the time as I'm a person that suffers with mental health issues. So sometimes I don't have the energy and a lot of my spell work and magic has to do with honoring that as well. So it's really just a gentleness. And that's, that's really, uh, again, another powerful thing is to, you know, think about who you are and what works for you at the end of the day you know you don't have to say I'm a witch I have to do a spell every single day right right exactly or like even on every luminary I know there's so many people that put Mm -hmm. so like so much pressure on themselves to like make manifestations every single new moon and it's like maybe your body's not calling for you to do that right now and you just need to be still yeah exactly and it's all about listening to your body at the end of the day um I, I want to talk about your um, your sort of community and, and the spells you teach them. Is, is there a, a single spell that you, you start off your community with and say, okay, this is the one that, you, that everybody should do? Ooh, okay. So I love this question because simple answer, no. But I, because I truly believe, especially as a person that like prides themselves on autonomy and building businesses and all of that. I truly believe in DIY. Mm-hmm. So whether it's in my books, whether it's in my co-creation coven, or uh, whether I'm feeling like fancy and want to do one in my Instagram, which I do very rarely, or uh, even when have I done it before? I have a course called Spellbound Academia. All of these show you the pieces that you need to create a spell that is 100% yours and that will work with you. Because mm-hmm. I'm a true believer, especially within business, that if you do something that doesn't feel right to you, you will not do it and it won't be successful. Mm -hmm. And that is the same with magic. It's the same with spell work. Some people are really uncomfortable doing something ceremonial or like singing out loud. And that nervous energy isn't gonna translate well in your spell work. So I always teach people like, hey, these are correlations of like crystals, herbs, whatever, whatever. Um, These are certain things that will amplify whatever your intention is. This moon is good for that but it's more of an educational and empowerment kind of platform rather than like you need to do X, Y, Z and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I think the theme of this podcast has very much been there's no one size fits all. There's no cookie cutter solution. Um, for you personally, did you go through a lot of different uh, explorations to find out what worked for you? Oof, yeah. Well, and even like in my life, right? So like 
you know, if you're thinking about um, just like that entire journey of like drugs and boys, like, you know, you keep trying different things. Like my whole life has just been an experiment. Even Mm -hmm. the business has gone through so many evolutions in a short time. Like I think, and I think that's why I, why I encourage it so much because I want people to trust the process and love the evolution because as an authentic branding coach, your yesterday may not be authentic to you today. Absolutely. (laughs) It's changed. They fluctuate like, and I think it's honoring that that's really like the crux of it. Absolutely. And that is, again, something so important to note, to remember is that we're not the same person today as we were yesterday or will be tomorrow. And that's okay. And, you know, I think in our, in our parents' generations, it was very much, if we look at the, the, the jobs they had in their careers, it was pretty much get into one career, stay in that career. That's who you are, but it's just not the case anymore, is it? Well, and two, you look at your parents and like, like the boomer era, right? And you see how much divorce happened when we were children. Mm -hmm. And you see how many people that left their jobs and now had like no idea what to do. And so I feel like unlearning that, and I guess it is technically ancestral trauma to where you can really pave your own way and then like love every iteration of your life because life is long. And to just like settle down at 20 with a clear path, it's, it's not, uh, it's just not practical. So I think, and I think probably that's where it comes from for me too. Absolutely. What would you say to people who are potentially scared or embarrassed to explore the witchy side of them? Um, I would say that you can keep secrets. This is coming from a triple Scorpio. Have a secret. Secrets are fun. Google things. Uh, if you're if you're afraid or embarrassed, do things in your own little private way and just start reading. Witchcraft is all about reading and studying. So if you're reading, you don't really have to own anything yet. It's like the best thing to just like dip a toe in. You also don't need to share it with everyone. You certainly don't need to share it on social media. Mm-hmm. You're allowed. You're allowed to have secrets. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually think that's quite empowering because a lot of religions um, sort of say to you, you know, if you if you don't t- talk openly about your religion, then you're sort of denouncing it and not, you know, you're not a real whatever. Um, but with this, it's quite empowering to know that you can can be a witch and you don't need to share share that with everybody. Yeah, not everybody needs to know everything. And I think when living in the digital age, there's this like underlying notion that they do. They don't have secrets absolutely now we're coming to the end of the podcast but I do want to just go on a bit of a tangent and talk about something else I noticed that you've got quite a few tattoos and I'd love to understand whether they came before the witchiness after the witchiness as a result of the witchiness what 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 do they represent do each one of them represent something different Oh, I love that. Um, So they definitely came after the witchiness. And I think that's why they're so good. I had the privilege of waiting until I was a little older to get tattoos. (laughs) Because I have quite a few friends that still have a butterfly tramp stamp. So so I I did well. Um, But like, like this one is my Scorpio constellation. And yeah, generally, like a lot of them are Scorpio related. I don't think I know any Scorpio that doesn't have at least two Scorpio tattoos. Absolutely. I think you're so right. (laughs) Honor. 
Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I got like, I have this moon on my bicep that I got in Berlin. Um, I like to travel and collect tattoos. They were kind of my mementos, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I, now I have so many, but, um, they're definitely, definitely a result of like me embracing my full witchiness. Cause they, I mean, it's out there. It's not secret. And I actually, um, it, it makes me want to see our other, like our community's tattoos. If you've got tattoos, especially if you're a Scorpio now, I think about it. Um, if you've got tattoos, um, that are, are spiritual or symbol symbolic to you in some way tag us on instagram and tag sean and we will share them because i'd really be interested to see um what tattoos you guys have because it's it's always it's always quite interesting isn't it we uh we actually did a, a blog the other day on top moon tattoos for your sign so um sean i'll send that to you and you'll you can have a look to see what your scorpio one is I love that. Oh my gosh. And yes, I would love to see all of your tattoos. Let's just, let's do a gallery. Excellent. Thank you so much, Sean, for joining me today. It's been really interesting to talk to you. What we're going to do is we're going to put the link to your mastermind in our show notes. So if anybody wants to um, check that out, they can do. Fabulous. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Numerologist podcast. If you loved it, make sure you subscribe and don't forget to check the show notes for an extra special free gift.